From Comerica Park to Jackson Field, we've got the sports opinions that matter to you. From the Driven Collision Studios, we make friends by accident. On the game, 7.30 a.m. The views and positions expressed in this program are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the views and positions of the game 7.30 a.m. Some may find the content of this program controversial or offensive. Put on your big boy pants and buckle up. This isn't a safe space for weak takes or whining. You can say that this sports radio show is offensive-minded. Call the show at 517-300-4263. Text or call us through the game, 730 AM Message the game, 730 AM on Facebook. Guess who's back? Back again. Beanie's back. Tell a friend. Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Guess who's back? It's total BS on Offensive Minded. That's the loudest manure chant I've ever heard. Hi, Dream. Hey, Beanie. Man, we've got a lot to catch up on, don't we? Yeah, so much happened over the weekend. I would love to have your takes on all of the things. How about the... <laughs> all the things. How about the way the playoffs shook out? I'm good. You're good with that? Yep. You don't think uh, Florida State got screwed? I got out in front of that a week ago, so maybe you were prepared. <laughs> I think that helped me. I think it helped cushion the landing a little okay. bit. All right, good. What about uh, Georgia? Lots of people... A little salty about that. Yeah, and I get it, you know. It's really hard to figure this. This math... Is harder to figure out than the than the middle school math that I have to try to help my daughter with. <laughs> the way they're teaching it nowadays, it's ridiculous. I've seen that. What's that called? The new way to do math? New math. I don't oh, know what, what they called? officially call it. I call it new math. It's anything but one plus one equals two. Yeah, why do they make it more confusing to figure stuff out now? I don't know. Oh, I wasn't talking about math. I was talking about the playoffs. Oh, bum bum. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, my try. I dabble sometimes. Yes. I dabble. If you will. <laughs> Bring in the plunder. <laughs> okay. Um, I don't know. I, I, Georgia, 29 <clears throat> wins in a row. I get it. Going for the three-peat. That's why I wanted to see them in, to see if they could do the three-peat. Agreed. Hasn't happened since the 30s, back when Minnesota was good at football. That's how long ago it was. But look, um, hey, look at this point in the season, though, when you look at... Those two teams, though, I mean, this late in the season, it's playoff time. This is when Saban's going to shine. This is when, I mean, Alabama, you could have had a 6-6 six and six Alabama team, and I'll tell you what, I would still be like, mm, it's going to be a good game. You know, I mean, I hate to say it, too, because I'm not a really huge fan of his by any stretch. You still bitter? Yes. I'll admit it. I don't... Did you know Nick Saban is 9-1 and one in SEC title games? Mm-hmm. You did? I didn't know that. That's wild. 
Yeah, I read that over the weekend. And uh, gosh, what what was Michigan's record in, in uh, Big Ten title games? Three and zero. And and what about the college football playoff? Zero oh, and two. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Saban's record, Alabama's record under Saban in the playoff is nine and four. Mm. They've won it three times. Yeah. But um, that's pretty good. The Georgia thing. Look, I wanted to see him try to get a three-peat too, but here's the deal. Couldn't get it done. If Alabama's in, Georgia has to be behind them because Alabama beat them head-to-head and won the title, right? So if Alabama gets the last spot, Georgia can't be in. I thought we were going to have a two-SEC team playoff, though. I I went to bed Saturday night for sure thinking that. Like Mm -hmm. it was going to go Michigan, Washington, Alabama, Georgia. I'd have been fine with that, too. Although... No, because then Texas is screwed. Well, I know. And you, you got me all excited about Texas last week, too. So, and watching yeah. them play, they played, they played great. There were just a, a couple of... What's the word? <sighs> if this, then that scenarios that played out mm-hmm. that kind of handcuffed the committee. By the way, they came into this weekend thinking it's going to be a... Fun little weekend excursion at a hotel. Wouldn't have to do anything. And then Georgia blew that all up <laughs> right sure away. Did. Georgia losing made them actually have to work. But look, there, there, were too many, there were too many obvious logical issues. So Alabama winning. You got to put them in. They won the toughest conference. They had one loss. It was in week two. They have to go in because mm-hmm. the loss was all that time ago. And they beat the best team until that point who had won two straight national championships in the toughest conference in the conference title game. And the most important point of the season to that point, they have to be in. I've heard a lot of people say, yeah, but they struggled with South Florida. Okay. Well, they struggled with Auburn. I don't care about that. That's a rivalry game. Mm -hmm. I throw out style points for rivalry games. I don't care. But if they're in and they have to be because they won the toughest conference with one loss and beat Georgia, at the mm-hmm. most important point in the season. So they have to be in. If Alabama's in, though, if then, the rule then becomes Texas has to be in. Yeah. Because they beat them head-to-head on the road by double digits. It was a, yeah, good old country ass-whooping. Yeah, it wasn't that close either. Mm-mm. It was like the the Alabama players were distracted by some things in the crowd. Massive upper frontal protuberances. <laughs> hey. They mean it when they say down here, it just means more. <laughs> but anyway, you know, th- there's a couple of if-thens that had to happen. Yeah. So, you know, someone had to lose. Florida State was an easy choice. Real easy. Lots of us were out in front of this narrative to begin with. So when the, when the committee needed a crutch, mm-hmm. it was already there for them. Yeah. Record be damned. Yeah. What was their biggest win, though? Well, they beat the hell out of LSU in the opening weekend. And? After that? Yeah. Well, I mean. They beat Clemson? They did, but Clemson was like four and four at the time. This is not a good, this is not your grandfather's Clemson team. No. (laughs) They beat Louisville in the ACC title game. One of the worst games I've ever watched. That was awful. And and that, that to me, right there, was indicative of like, this, this team doesn't belong in the top four. Look, Heather Dinich had a story come out last night. Let me read some of this to you because she talks about this, about the committee's decision-making process. The headline is at ESPN, um, inside the college football playoff committee's decision to leave out Florida State. 
and I think you could probably figure <laughs> figure out, you know, what um what happened in here. But they basically say in this story that watching the ACC title game changed things. Yeah, that's why I watched it because I knew what was going to happen in the Big Ten game, and I wanted to watch all of the Florida State games so that I could talk about it because I, I I figured something there was going to at least be controversy. I didn't think they were going to get held out. I guess I just had to see it believe, to believe it, even though that's what I wanted. Listen to Heather Denich's story here. It wasn't until the ACC championship game began to unfold that the members of the committee's opinions began to truly take shape. The group grew concerned as it watched the Seminoles struggle to get a first down in the first half. There's a section in the committee's protocol that specifically refers to the, quote, unavailability of key players that may have affected a team's performance during the season or likely will affect its postseason performance, unquote. That allowed the committee to do something it intentionally avoids every other week. Look ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and look, again, let's be, let's be real. There are people on the committee that have no football acumen outside of what all of us have football acumen wise. We just watch it as fans. There are a lot of people on the committee that aren't sports or football professionals. I'm sorry, but their spokesperson seems to be a little. If a guy's name is Boo, shouldn't he be disqualified from being the committee chair? Reminds me of Monsters, Inc. Anyway, um, what if, what if, let's say Florida State hangs 50 on Louisville? At that point, does the committee say, eh, with a third-string quarterback, they somehow got it done? I think they still get left out because yeah. of the lack of Jordan Travis. I agree with that. By the way, can we talk about the flawed logic here in the committee's processing of this? Heather Dinich's story, story said they deliberately looked ahead. And they thought, like the rest of us, there's no way Florida State can hang in the playoff with this third-string quarterback, Glennon. But that's flawed logic because it wouldn't have been him. It would have been the second Tate quarterback. Yeah, the guy who was in concussion protocol. There's four weeks until the next game. Right. I don't know. It's just it, it, Look, as usual, college football is very greasy and slimy, like mm-hmm. the big-time decisions are. It's gross. You good with it, though? You're, you're happy with this? Yeah. You happy with the way it shook out? I think we're going to have two fun games. Those are going to be, those are going to be great games. They should be on paper anyway. Do you think the Michigan game will be great? I mean, it'll be great for us. I think. <laughs> I think. Well, to be biased and say, you know, I'm not a big fan of Michigan. I think Alabama's going to take it to them. Yeah, me too. I don't think it'll be 49 to nothing like what, no. what Michigan did here. Mm-mm. But I, yeah, I think it's. I don't think it's going to be extremely competitive. Mm-mm. No, but the uh, the Washington Texas game, that's a grab your popcorn game right there. Who are you taking to win the whole damn thing? I like the Huskies. You know, I, yeah, there's something there. Like, I think I'm back to where I was mid season. For like, right after they beat Oregon for like two or three weeks, I just felt like if Washington has the ball last. And they're down anything like six points or less, they are going to win. They're going to win. Yep. Because he's too good, Penix. Mm-hmm. He just finds ways, he manufactures. And now he's like, even with, he's clearly hurt. And you can see, we have it pretty clearly on camera. One of the games, he's going to the sideline and taking a huff of that green whistle. I forget what that stuff's called, but it's a very high potency painkiller that mm-hmm. can only be administered like once per day with a doctor supervision. Wow. 
someone in the know told me he's got a very bad rib issue, mm. which would make sense because look how he moves sometimes. But now he's pulling it down and running on third down, too. He did that a couple of times at a Pac-12 title game, and he'll have a month to heal up a little bit. Dude, that guy can beat you on his feet and with his arm, too. He makes some... He's got some interesting mechanics, too. His mechanics don't look traditional. You know why? Because he's left-handed. Yep. It looks weird. It does. He's no Kenny Stabler. No. <laughs> but but you know or what? Tim Tebow. Or Tim Tebow. His mechanics ain't that bad, though. <laughs> no, I, I've enjoyed watching his, his season. I mean, the guy is... He clearly a man amongst boys and um well literally he's uh, it's like his seventh well, yeah. year <laughs> he's like 27 <laughs> um but i'll be interested to see what happens to him if he goes to the next level and is successful there oh yeah he's going and he'll be a high pick he's shown he can do it what i'm interested in is will that formula hold up against texas and then beyond because Washington, it seems like every game comes down to the wire. It reminds me of State in 2015, mm-hmm. except Washington hasn't lost. Right. I think, I think Washington, with four weeks to prepare, can look back on their season and say, let's tighten some things up because we have to now. There's no, there's no turning back. There's no, there's no opportunity for error here. We can't continue to you know, keep it close and come from behind because it'll catch up eventually. And I think that they've got the horses. You, you mentioned... Um, Early on in the in the college football season here, watching Washington play, it could have been right before the Michigan State game. I think you mentioned that y- you've got like a quarter of an entire first round of the NFL draft in their starting offense. You know, yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous. The receivers, the the running, the Three quarterback, NFL wide receivers. Yeah, it looks like that running back is bound for Sundays too. The offensive line is really good. Yeah. Obviously, Penix is really good, and then. Like, like, let's say your defense does everything right. Kalen DeBoer is still going to scheme somebody open. Sure. On those third and mediums, they're indefensible yep. because they can do anything. The whole playbook is open. So many weapons. It's impossible to account for everything. And that, co- I mean, dude, he's a good coach. Now, I'll be interested to see what they look like next year when all this NFL talent is gone. Mm-hmm. But as Chris Solari from the free press likes to remind me all the time the dude has won at every level and not just one but he's been like elite everywhere solari thinks that that elite winning gene translates to every level i don't i've seen it before yeah i've seen like guys who were great in the mac or the fcs come up and reality catches up with them mm-hmm. when the other team has better players than he's used to have it i wonder what it'll look like going forward but as for this playoff Man, watch Washington on third and medium. It's so unfair. Like, you could have everyone covered, and then they run a draw. Yeah. (laughs) Or you have excellent zone defense, even protecting the flat for the little dump pass, and Penix will just run. Mm -hmm. It's it's indefensible. They're so good. And think about it. He played nowhere near 100% against Oregon. He's going to be – they're going to have him ready. They're going to have him big-time ready for – for their first game. I wonder, I wonder like what Texas will represent to Washington in terms of the best players they've seen this year. Texas, it's tough to say. Like, I think Texas is really good and they have NFL players in the trenches on both sides. Mm-hmm. But people put up points on them. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's it's tough call. Like, I want to say just because of what I've observed all season, 
that Washington always pulls it out at the end when the ball is in Penix's hands. No one's going to stop him. He just It's just not fair. But I do believe there's going to be a, a sort of correction when they go up against maybe not Texas, but certainly if they draw Alabama. Yeah. The NFL speed will catch up. I bet that'll make a difference. But it's not like they haven't played good teams. The Pac-12 was probably the best conference this year. And it's not like they don't have the NFL speed. Yeah, that's true. I think the quiet confidence is what's going to help Washington. He's going to continue to stay the course and do what they've done. Yeah. It's hard for me to pick against them, man. Great coach, great talent. I mean, man, they seem to be running on all cylinders. I, I, I have a hard time picking against them, too. But the other side of it is, and I know I'm pulling a Tim Stout. I could see it either way. I wouldn't be surprised either way. But I will, unlike him, make a pick. But let me set this up first. Like I said, it's hard for me to pick against him because the dude, Penix I'm talking about, plus the NFL receivers, awesome line, good running backs, defense is underrated. Mm -hmm. I'll fall on that sword. I thought their defense was no good. That's wrong. I was wrong. And then the coach is the X factor. He's just such a good schemer. All of that is so much to account for, especially on at the end of the game when it's all on the line. No wonder they win all these close games. But also, when you play with fire, you eventually get burned. That does catch up with you. It hasn't yet. I almost wonder, like, would it have been better for Washington to to lose the Pac-12 title game close? maybe still sneak in or, or have lost before this to recover, win the Pac-12 title game, and then they get in as the last four, uh, the, the fourth seed or whatever. Because it just feels like you eventually have to pay that debt. Think of, we, we mentioned State in 2015. You know, kept squeaking by, squeaking by, squeaking by, and then they tried it again in Nebraska that year, and they got burned. Mm-hmm. It will catch up with you. I don't think that's sustainable. So what I'm saying is, if this gets close with Texas at the end, it could finally be time for them to pay the piper. That's my bigger concern. So I guess what I'm saying is I'm going to pick Texas. Who are you? Yeah. Okay. I just think that piper is, is, is coming. And I, I could be wrong. I'm not saying Washington's not good, obviously. I just I think you can only cheat that so many times, you know? And they've cheated it a few times. There have been some games where they've deserved to lose, and on virtue of having better players and a better coach, they, they eked it out at the very end when they were outplayed for majority of the game. Okay, let me ask you this. If Washington had drawn Alabama... I'd pick Alabama. You'd pick Alabama over Washington? Yes. If Washington had drawn Michigan... I'd pick Washington. Okay. Because I think in the playoff, the, the cream rises to the top. The talent will really separate. So by this logic... You're going to have Alabama and Texas yes. in your final, and who wins? A rematch and a rematch of week two mm-hmm. when Texas won by double digits under the lights in Tuscaloosa. Big. In a preview. Bigly. Oh. <laughs> Bigly. Mm-hmm. Everybody agrees. Everybody agrees. <laughs> uh, a, a preview of perhaps an SEC heavyweight series to uh-huh. come starting next year. Right. I'm going to pick Alabama to win the rematch. It's hard. See, that's hard to beat the same team twice. Not only that, unless you're Washington, I guess. Here's the cold, hard reality for me. I never want to bet against Saban. Right. Yeah, me too. He's the goat. Yeah. Also, they get better over the course of a season. They do. And I, God, I hate that guy almost as much as I hate Jim Harbaugh. But you know what? He's a good coach. Let's talk about that angle. 
Oh, yeah. Harbaugh is a... Definitely. I've never disputed that. Weirdo. I don't like him. Oof. <laughs> really weird. Obviously, he has some serious ethical concerns surrounding him right now on multiple fronts, but you cannot deny. When a guy at every stop achieves at a high level, yeah, yeah. there's a reason. He's, one, he's turned everyone around. Yeah. And he'll probably do it with an NFL job next season. But look at these four teams. Mm-hmm. Who has gotten better over the course of the season? Certainly Alabama. Has Texas? I don't know. I mean, Texas' only loss was a literal last-second loss in a rivalry game on a neutral site Mm -hmm. to Oklahoma. That's forgivable. But is Texas playing better than they were in Week 2 when they went to Alabama and won? I don't know. I I think, worst-case scenario, they're even. Has Washington gotten better? I don't know. They keep winning close. Keep winning close. And, and but they keep winning. That's the they important keep winning. thing. Right. Has Michigan gotten better? I don't think so. Michigan has been stagnant the last three weeks offensively. In I particular. agree. And I think that they've, fallen, they've, they've faced some teams that could, could give them a little bit, you know, um, and hang in there. Ohio yeah, State hung in there pretty well. Penn State started out, it looked okay. But then Iowa, I, I expected more. I expected more. <laughs> Out of Iowa, I, I I just at least. <sighs> what did you expect, honestly? What did you What did you think the final score would be? I thought it'd be twenty something. I, I didn't think it'd be. I thought it'd be like twenty. I didn't think it'd be twenty six. Twenty to what? Twenty, 20 to. I, I thought they'd at least score like twenty four to seven. Twenty. I was gonna say like twenty to three or twenty okay. to six. You know, even a couple of field goals, throw something in there. God, their offense was. Have you watched Iowa all year? <laughs> no, I know, I know, I know that they don't have an offense. Mm-mm, they they, really they built their their season on their defense, which is program on defense. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Let's be honest. But I guess I expected them to to stand up a little bit more, and and they just yeah. Well, let's be clear. Iowa's defense did, and if you look at the final score and you think, wow, they lost twenty six to nothing. Where was that defense, dude? The defense was on the field for like forty minutes. That's true. And Michigan's whole plan is old school it's it's a long attack it's wear you down so that by the way michigan's strategy is to wear teams down so that by like the fourth quarter the three yard runs are becoming four and five yard runs Mm -hmm. an accumulative effect it's body blows and boxing right it's just thinking about rocky yeah rocky against ivan drago he's just gonna take all the punishment he can till he wears him out (laughs) <laughs> but Michigan administers the punishment. Right. It's just not overwhelming. It's not like 80-yard bombs. It's meticulous, mm-hmm. but it adds up slowly, but it works. There's no denying the formula. It's very old school. That's how it's supposed to work against good teams. With Iowa, it worked even faster because Iowa's offense was just going three and out. Yeah. That was... defense is excellent, but they're gassed. They man. had a hard, hard time even catching their breath before they had to take the field again. Yeah, so... It's no wonder what happened to him. I, I don't, you shouldn't come away from that game to anyone who watched it and thinking, man, Iowa's defense really stunk it up. No, they didn't. They're the only reason it wasn't in the 40s or 50s. I just don't think Michigan can do what they've done the last couple of weeks to anybody in this playoff. How do you mean? Offensively. Well, they haven't done much offensively. That's what I'm saying. I don't. Oh, I you're don't saying think they can't get away with that. They can't get away with what they've gotten away with. I agree. That's why these teams. That's why they're all the fans are so upset about Florida State, and we know it's all crocodile tears, mm-hmm. or is it alligator tears? Whichever. Is it either or? 
Well, it would be if it was against Florida <laughs> and not Florida State. That's all fake. And you should just admit it. You Come wanted on. Florida State in Al- instead of Alabama, and that's fine. Anyone <laughs> with a stake in, in the team that has to play either of the two would want Florida State, you know, with a dead quarterback. There was nothing better than watching that on ESPN or listening to it <gasps> yesterday. <gasps> and then the couple of brave souls hey, trying no, to spin got, it. Oh, oh, all, all right. right. All right. Yeah. yeah. No, we're excited. Yeah, pass the beans. <laughs> <laughs> but... That's exactly what the doctor ordered Florida State mm-hmm. for for, Mich- for Michigan. That's exactly what they needed. Right. Someone they could come in and dominate and feel good about themselves going into a national title game. That's not what they're getting, though. They're getting the opposite. They're going to get an NFL-stacked roster where <laughs> you can't afford a margin of error. Mm-mm. Yikes. What a fortuitous turn of events. It's going to be fun. John Freeberg, the mayor of Holt, messages in in the free game, 7.30 a.m. app. Who do you guys have winning the national championship? I'm taking Bama after they beat Georgia, a team that had won 29 straight games. Yeah, me too, just because I feel like I've seen this movie before. It's hard to bet against Saban. Yeah, you can't let him in. You can't let him in. You're just asking for it, right? When you let them sneak into the playoff, and it doesn't matter what seed they get. That's the other thing. It's like when you invite a vampire into your house. Mm-hmm. It's all over. Yep. You let him in. Yep. Oh. Everyone celebrating Michigan's number one ranking. That lasted for like an hour. Because that got you Alabama. Wouldn't you have rather been the two seed? Mm. Wouldn't you rather be playing Washington or Texas? I mean, let's be real, dude. Alabama's going to be the favorite here to win this whole thing. Yeah. Maybe not the betting favorite, but like the honest to God, if you have a gun against your head and you got to get it right, who are you picking? Well, most people are going to pick Alabama just because we've seen it before. Yep. I don't think it's a lock. I, I don't think it's impossible to beat them because Milrow is shaky, electric athlete, but he's still, he's totally gotten better. That's obvious, but still a little shaky. And I also don't think that Alabama defense is like a vintage Saban defense. But still loaded with first-round picks, though. Here's a question I have for you, Beanie. I heard Harbaugh, after his, uh, his game, say that uh, a couple times he said this. He's going to give them a week off, and then they're going to have three weeks to prep. He said pretty clearly, I'm going to give these guys a week off. Do you think Nick Saban is going to give his players a week off? I don't. I don't know. It could be a finals-related thing. Maybe, but I don't see. I think if you're going to be a national championship caliber program, you do not let off the gas right now. I honestly, I'm not. Sh- I'm not sure what the convention is there. I'll have Keep to look your into eyes that. On the prize, uh, Michigan, a two point favorite. Really? Yeah. So that doesn't blow my mind because you got to understand that Michigan's point spreads are always inflated because they have one of the most active <laughs> fan bases. Yeah. So Vegas preys on them a lot. Of course. It's why Michigan, canonically, over the last 30 or so years, is one of the worst teams in college football at covering the spread because their spreads are always bigger than they ought to be. Yeah. They're a victim of how big their fan base is. Inflated. Washington is a... Oh, no! wow, Texas laying four. Really? Yeah. Texas a four-point favorite. Well, I mean, it is closer to Texas. It's in New Orleans. It's not really a neutral site. Right. (laughs) Right. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Well, we'll see how it all shakes out. Well, we know that Washington's fans travel well. Well, see. Oh, you mean from here? 
from when they came here. Well, I know they took over. That weekend was weird. They they were here on Saturday, and then the next day they were in Detroit for the Seahawks. Right. And they ruined the Barry Statue Day. <laughs> hey, something else we need to get to today is Lions. Yeah, that's on the on the board here. What else? Dude, Michigan State basketball starts conference play tonight. Mm-hmm. Against Wisconsin. We got to go over that. Uh, that's a big game, and it's going to be a, a tough one. The kind that, look, let's be real. This program has averaged 13 losses per year the last three seasons. Here he goes, up to the ceiling again. And, um, you know, double-digit Big Ten losses have been, they've been right there, if not getting there the last three years. If you want to avoid that again, this is the kind of game you've got to win. You've got Wisconsin at home. Wisconsin's riding high. They just upset Marquette. Got to have it. Otherwise, I mean, let's be real. They start 0-1. Is it looking that all that cheery for a Big Ten championship regular season-wise? We'll get to that also. Good luck watching that tonight if you aren't paying six bucks a month for Peacock. We'll get into all that. Uh, we got to talk about Portal for MSU mm. football. Both uh, exits and perhaps entrances. And then the college football transfer portal in general insane some of the names that are in the portal we'll go over that and also if we have time today steve we got to talk about the uh, aj hinge extension with the tigers yeah <laughs> the tigers are being incredibly mysterious about they have not released the term yet okay, then why put it out there that he's got a new contract i, I don't uh. get it. all that and more coming up today on Total BS edition, offensive-minded, and we're back after these messages. At Enberg. The Detroit Red Wings are back for another season on the Lansing Sports Network. He shoots, he scores on the backhand. Lansing's Big Talker, 1240 WJIM. Never miss a game again, whether you're on the go or just like doing it the old-fashioned way and sitting around the radio. Perkins scores from the right side goal. Every face-off and every playoff can be heard on Lansing's exclusive home for Detroit Red Wings hockey. 1240 WJIM, Lansing's only home for hockey. On the streets and in the stadiums, here's where you can catch the game 7.30 a.m. Next. Hey, it's Beanie. Join me at Alumni Hall in Eastwood Town Center Thursday from 4 to 6 for a live broadcast of Offensive Minded. Come out for swag, giveaways, and hard-hitting sports talk. Stay for the ultimate Spartan shopping experience. After the show, get photos and autographs from MSU football players Jordan Hall, Jacoby Winman, and Montori Foster. Get your holiday shopping done, too, with a 20% discount all night at Alumni Hall near the Apple Store in Eastwood Town Center. It's Offensive Minded with me, Beanie, live from 4 to 6 Thursday. The game, 7.30 a.m. Streaming the best and non-stop sports talk now for all of Lansing in the free Game 730 AM app. Tap, Tap in today. Homie, don't play that. Brock Palmbush, ladies and gentlemen. Wow, guest appearance on the coolest show around. Raised by the mean streets of Grand Ledge. Oh, yeah. He said that during our Lions tailgate show last week. Really? Nachos and kneecaps. Homie, don't play that. <laughs> uh, I guess it's from In Living Color. Yes. Classic. Homie the Clown. Yes. As the board crashes here. Brock's drop has crashed the board. Oh. That's okay. That's all right. We don't need it for what we're about to do anyway. So we wanted to talk a little transfer portal now. 
And look, nothing, what, nothing official in that, but all the hype right now is that Michigan State is aggressively pursuing a new quarterback via the transfer portal, and mm-hmm. everyone seems to think it's going to be Aiden Childs, mm-hmm. the former highly sought-after four-star quarterback recruit out of California who was the backup quarterback for DJ Uyunglele and Jonathan Smith at Oregon State last year. Officially entered the portal yesterday. As did Uyunglele. Yeah, yesterday was the official you-can-enter-the-portal day. Lots mm-hmm. of these guys had already said they were going to. But yes, now official. Okay, so Aiden Childs, should you be excited about him? A lot of people say he's the best quarterback on the transfer market. Does that mean he would come in and be better than any other transfer quarterback? No, I think it's a cumulative evaluation because he has three years of eligibility left. Mm -hmm. So you'd be getting a guy for three years, right? You'd be getting a guy that knows the system that Coach Smith's going to have in place. And speaking of, if you didn't watch any Oregon State football this year, let me tell you how they used him. And they did. They, he, he didn't redshirt. He basically played every third possession for mm-hmm. Oregon State in all but like three games this year. He came in and ran a whole series. I thought it was a neat approach because he's so much different to account for because if you didn't watch him play, super athletic kid, really dynamic athlete, but he can also launch like 60-yard laser beams down the field too. So, exciting prospect. I'll just tell you right now, though, it's going to cost State like $2 bucks to get this kid. Mm. So we're going to find out here in the next few weeks how serious Michigan State is about football. Mm-hmm. Now, they said all the right things. They're paying Jonathan Smith a good chunk, seven and a quarter. They're reportedly giving him the biggest assistant coach salary pool in the Big Ten and one of the best in the nation. Okay. I mean, I'm happy about that. We know they've invested in facilities. In the middle of like a $100 million football facility renovation as we speak. That's all great. But I'm telling you, man, NIL is the biggest thing right now. So with that in mind, we're going to find out how serious they are. If they want to land this kid, I guarantee you he's already gotten at least a couple of offers upward of $1 million. What is his relationship with Coach Smith, though? Apparently good. I mean, he chose him and to go there as a kid from California. Right. So would he come, would he follow him across country? Oh, I'm sure he would, but that doesn't mean he's going to take less to do it. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's a business, man. It is a business now. I like also, the intrigue gotta... of him uh, being recruited over Sam Levitt. Oh, well, yeah. But you can see why. He came in and played last year and was super effective. Mm-hmm. There's also other considerations. Like, everyone's just assuming if Michigan State opens up the checkbook, they'll get him. Well, what if he wants to go to a situation where it's, like, stable and proven to be a winner this year? Michigan State's very unknown. Like, he doesn't know who the offensive linemen will be. He doesn't know who the receivers will be. (laughs) They're all in the portal. Yeah. Last year's starters. And that's a good thing as far as I'm concerned. Me too. Some of these names, though, man. Some of these names (laughs) in the portal. Have you seen, like, I knew to a certain extent this was coming because all through last week, there were, like, national college football writers putting out there, like, I have off the record some names that are going to enter the portal that are going to blow your mind. (laughs) And it's true. Like, look at all of them. I think the most surprising so far has to be Kyle McCord 
from Ohio State, right? Mm-hmm. It, do you agree that's the most surprising one? I was surprised, although neither one of us was super impressed with him. No, but look. He's not a superstar <laughs> quarterback by any stretch, but he's been leading Ohio State all year, and they only have one loss. But he went 11-1 in his first year as a starter, right. and the one was a six-point loss on the road to the now number one team in the country. Right. Like, that's forgivable. But at Ohio State, man, it's just a different animal. They've chased him out of town. And make no mistake, part of the reason why he's in, in the portal is because that fan base hates him now. And they have to, they're have they demanding a blood sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And, and Ryan, it's not Ryan Day. Right. At least not this year. Not yet. And if it were, I think that would be ridiculous, too. It would be. Because here's a guy who's 56-7, and 39-3 in Big Ten play. Expectations. Yeah, they're just different down there. They really are. But anyway, wow. Um, Kyle McCord, though. Like, where's he going to go? Do you want him? You want him here? No, because I want that Aiden Childs kid because it's harder to defend a mobile quarterback. (laughs) I like the kid from Coastal Carolina. Who? Grayson McCall, I think is his name. Tell me more. Why am I not familiar? 10,000 yards in his career. He'll be a senior. He's a redshirt senior quarterback. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. That's who you want? That's no, your I'm one? saying as a backup plan if, if it falls through with Aiden Childs. Okay. There are a lot of yeah, big there are. time. I'm just thinking of realistic, you know. Well, if Michigan State's serious, they're all realistic, right? Because the number one consideration now is money. Yeah. But all the money in the world, if you're going to get your butt whipped every mm-hmm. weekend because you don't know who your offensive line is yet, you know? Yeah. Are we going to start paying offensive linemen too? Well, yeah. How much are they going to pay for those guys? Well, they don't get seven figures. Well, maybe they should. You want Michigan State to be serious. There's a lot of positions they need to take seriously. I'm just, I'm still blown away by Kyle McCord, though. I can't get over it. But then, you know, (laughs) I'll be honest, I was surprised. And maybe that makes me an idiot because you shouldn't be as surprised by anything anymore. But you have that audio from Ryan Day. That's what I'm about to get to. After I saw the Kyle McCord news yesterday, I was trying to figure out my assumption was it's the fan base down there. Yeah. And he just, you know, these guys are human. They hear this stuff and he's probably like, well, this is, this is ridiculous. <laughs> I went 11 and one and they're ready to chase me out. But then I found this. So this is Ryan Day speaking Sunday. This was after Ohio State's bowl game matchup was announced. He came out and did a little press conference with Ohio State media. And he's asked, is Kyle McCord QB1 next season for the Buckeyes? This might explain why Kyle McCord Im- immediately entered the transfer portal. Um, I just I think that that's, that's kind of a long way away right now. Um, you know, we're going to get back to work here um you'll probably have we had a practice last week we'll have a practice coming up this weekend and the guys will get out there and compete and and grind and um and we'll take it from there uh you know i can't sit here and tell you i know for sure about any of those things right now but um everyone's gonna have an opportunity to compete and you know get after it during bowl practice and and then when it's time to go play in the game we'll figure out you know who, who should get the reps and and go from there um so, yeah, I don't, I don't really have a great answer for that just yet. That took 37.9 wow. seconds longer than it needed to. I can answer it way faster than that. Coach Day, 
Will you commit to Kyle McCord being your starting quarterback here at Ohio State in 2024? Nope. That's what he said in so many words. No wonder the kid's in the portal. He's like, I went 11-1. and one. And if you look at Kyle McCord's numbers, like, they're not bad. Obviously, he wasn't good enough against Michigan. What about if he told the coach he was thinking about transferring and maybe Ryan Day didn't want to address it? What, what if we just It's possible. That? Sure, it's possible. I'm just playing devil's advocate here. It's possible, but don't you think this is the more likely course of events? I do. I do. Look. He's keeping it close to the vest, but. This is how it happens. Peyton Thorne entered the transfer portal a week after Mel Tucker came out to start spring ball in his opening spring press conference and said, it's an open competition for quarterback. And he hadn't told Peyton Thorne that yet. Right. A week later, gone. Or however many weeks later after spring ball ended, yeah, he's in the portal. That's how it happens. You got to be. Starting for Auburn. <laughs> you got to communicate with your players, right? Like you should let them know first. Like, this is not a cool way for Kyle McCord to find out it's going to be a QB battle in the offseason. Do you feel like Ryan Day is hanging it on, on McCord? No. I feel like Ryan Day knows he needs a more dynamic quarterback to not just beat Michigan, but to win the national championship. They need a, a guy. Think about the guys who have won it recently. But why not give him a chance to play in the bowl game before you throw him under the bus? He's already looking to 2024. Who's to say Kyle McCord wouldn't have done it anyway? Like, to your point, we well, don't know. Yeah, I know, but I mean, that's why I'm saying. Also, like, nobody cares about this, these bowl games now, you know? Well, I know a lot of players will sit out, especially the ones going to the NFL draft. They don't want to get mm-hmm. hurt. Mm-hmm. And a, an expanded playoff should help that. It won't eradicate it. But with more games that are actually meaningful, that means guys in those games are less likely now, right? to sit out. Mm-hmm. Ohio State had designs on a national championship this year. Instead, they're playing Missouri in the Cotton Bowl on December 29th. It just doesn't do it for them. You know what, though? We should play sound of this. The best <laughs> the best thing from Sunday was the Orange Bowl virtual press conference with Kirby Smart from Georgia and mm. Mike Norvell from Florida State. Two guys who couldn't be less interested in being in this bowl game. Did you see that? Yeah, they are they were just miserable looking. Mm-hmm. Especially Norvell, who's like, well, bleep it. What else? He, he went on that scathing tirade like he should have. Mm-hmm. And then he had to go pretend to be happy and excited about playing in the, the Orange Bowl. Oh, and not just that. Not, did, not only did the committee royally screw Florida State out of getting into the playoff, Hey, sorry. Look, we know you did literally everything right. And then you went above and beyond, too. You scheduled an actual legitimate Power 5 non-conference opponent at a neutral site, a really good one, and beat the hell out of them. We know you went above and beyond, but we can't let you in the playoff. To make it up to you, we're going to let you play Georgia. (laughs) (laughs) Deal? (laughs) How rotten is that? Almost as bad as feeding the Wolverines to the Crimson Tide. This, I think this is going to be worse, isn't it? Because Georgia, I don't think Georgia's excited to be there, but they're going to be pissed off, right? The yeah. guys who do play. Florida State will have their backup quarterback, at least not their third string, but it's still going to be probably not pretty. I don't like a lot of these matchups for the non-playoff games. Ohio State and Missouri, why? Like, why not 
Shouldn't it be? Okay. Wouldn't you rather? Not sexy enough for you. Let's go through the four um, New Year's Six games that aren't playoffs, okay? Mm-hmm. So the Cotton Bowl is Missouri and Ohio State. The Peach Bowl is Ole Miss and Penn State. Oh, great. Two teams that can't throw the football. <laughs> the Orange Bowl is Georgia and Florida State. And then the Fiesta Bowl is Oregon and Liberty. That, that actually might be the sleeper. No. No, here's what I want. Oregon and Ohio State should be playing. Well, I agree. And Missouri and Liberty should be playing. Because Liberty is the one group of five who gets in. They should be given to the lowest. Cons- or, you know, give Liberty to Penn State, you know. Missouri would, would whoop Penn State. I, I apologize to the Missouri people listening. You are not the lowest of these non-playoff New Year's Six teams. You're not. Missouri is better than Penn State and Old Miss. Because Missouri can actually throw the football. Wouldn't that make more sense, though? Missouri and Liberty, and then Ohio State and Oregon. Do you not think Liberty, Oregon's going to be a good game? No, I don't. Mm. Not at all. I think it might be better than you think. Mark it down. The only way that that's an interesting game is if Oregon is completely disenchanted with being there. <laughs> like, if they have everyone sit out. If Bo Nix sits out, which I wouldn't be surprised... You know, if everyone sits out, okay, fine. Well, but Bo Nix isn't even committed to playing. What? Yeah, he's, he said he wasn't sure. Oh, right? yeah, yeah, right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I thought you meant in the NFL. <laughs> oh, no, he's going to play in the NFL. I'm saying in that bowl game. Come on, though. You love Liberty. You love their coach? I love Liberty as a principal, not yeah. <laughs> as a Falwellian university. <laughs> <laughs> but you like their coach and you like oh, their, yeah, sure. their football team accomplished a lot. Very innovative offense, very yeah. innovative team. Yeah, but it's still Liberty. They don't have the caliber of player Oregon does. Doesn't mean they can't win. Tulane beat USC last year. Yeah. But still, we I got to would... take what we get. I mean, what? enough of No, the... we don't. Yes, we do. Enough this of whole the pouting. Sp- the games are made. There's nothing we can do about it. Dream, so now you have to this say. This entire sport moves at the behest of suits <laughs> in corporate TV Boardrooms. Granted, and Why now would that they it's choose happened, Ohio State and Missouri? They could have had Ohio State and Oregon. A can, preview of, of next year's Big Ten. You can you can ask all those questions to your blue in the face, but the fact of the matter is the games are in, in place well, and they're I know. gonna be what they are. Well look, we've would we've, would you want something different? Of course. Dude, we've been talking about the playoff and we, there's nothing we playoffs? can do about that. Playoffs? I'm just saying, for a sport that everything boils back to the TV decision and the TV influence, these are some pretty rotten TV matchups. Yeah, if I was gonna, if I was gonna book it, and if you were gonna book it, it would be different, of course. Stop using wrestling terminology. Uh, well, you know what I mean. Yes, Ohio State and Oregon is a no-brainer. That would be, that would be a great game. And then, just to be fair to Liberty, they should get Penn State or Ole Miss. I don't care which one, they can pick. Really. Okay. Yeah, yeah, because any of the other teams... You know what? Actually, I take that back. Liberty should get Florida State. There you go. Okay. That's fair. Okay. Then Georgia. (laughs) Well, Georgia can't play Missouri. They're in the same conference. Georgia can play Ole Miss or Penn State. I don't care. Maybe either of those teams will have a chance because everyone in Georgia will sit out. Georgia and Ole Miss? Georgia can't be in the Peach Bowl, though, right? Like, that's a home game. I don't know. I just don't like that they're putting Liberty up against Oregon, and I certainly 
think it's a holiday bowl. Who cares? Well, they have to have a New Year's Six Bowl. (laughs) They just do. Yeah. What a shame. It is. A Travis mockery. It really is. It blows my mind. Like, nothing makes sense anymore. We're about to get into this today. Michigan State basketball is tipping off conference play in like two hours on December 5th. And then they play their second game this weekend. And then they take a month off. (laughs) Why? Because TV, that's why. Also, if you want to watch the game tonight, I hope you have a friend or family member who's awfully charitable with passwords. Or it'll cost you six bucks. Why? Because TV! But then we have a chance to have an awesome couple of bowl matchups like Oregon State and Ohio State. Instead, we get Liberty, Oregon. None of it makes any sense. Like, if you're going to force feed me Big Ten conference play basketball in early December, the trade-off should be I at least get good New Year's Six Bowl matchups. Right? Nope. I don't even get that. Here's your horse tablet. You don't get any water to choke it down. Because reasons. College sports in 2023. We're back after these words. WVFL. East Lansing. A town square media station. station. We're the station you've turned to for sports for over 30 years. The game. 730 a.m. Top-notch auto From Mud Ice Arena to Little Caesars Arena. We've got the sports opinions that matter to you. From the Driven Collision Studios. We make friends by accident. On the game. 730 a.m. Bullshit. It's total BS on Offensive Minded. With Beanie and the DeWitt Dream, Steve Cook. That's the loudest manure chant I've ever heard. 517 in the capital city. Yes, it is a total BS edition of the program. Dream is here. Thanks for making time today. If you will. <laughs> I was about to hit the drop, too. <laughs> If you will. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, where to now? I think we have to talk Michigan State basketball, don't we? Yeah, for sure. Because conference play opens up in less than two hours, and it just, look, it's, it's, it's total BS. But, hey, nothing makes sense anymore in college sports. This is just the latest manifestation of that. Why are we playing conference games in the first week of December. I don't know anymore. It's so dumb. State plays Wisconsin tonight, right? And then they play Penn State at Breslin on Sunday, and then they're off conference play for a month and they go back to playing a bunch of non-cons. Like, what? Why? Mm. Well, we know why. Yeah. Because of TV money. That's why. And speaking of, if you plan on watching the game tonight, I hope you know someone with a Peacock password. Yep, only available on the Cockcast tonight. Right. <laughs> you can get it for a cool five ninety nine. If you're a college student and you have a school email address, you can get it for one ninety nine a month. Or you can just borrow somebody's password. Do you know someone with a Peacock password? Maybe. I have one. Mm-hmm. I got some deal because I think if you're an Xfinity customer already, you can get it for like half price. So I pay like. Yeah, three ninety nine a month. Exactly. That's that's the way to go. Or if you pay for it in a year in advance, you know, all up front, you get a 
discount that comes out to like a dollar a month, I guess. Anyway, you know, the WWE PLEs. Dude, that's seriously why I have that's it. That's the same well, reason why I have that it. and Big Ten football and basketball now. Yeah. Because remember, there are going to be a few more of these. Peacock is the exclusive home of more than 30 Big Ten men's basketball games this year, including some of the Big Ten tournament. Yeah. State will have, they said, at least five games exclusively on Peacock this year. So the first one is tonight, 7 o'clock. This is the, this is Peacock's debut of Big Ten men's basketball tonight. It's a doubleheader. State and Wisconsin at 7, and then Michigan and who do they play? At 9. Is it Indiana? Yeah, I think it's Michigan and Indiana at 9. Anyway, look, uh, go ahead. What were you going to say? I was just going to say it's a pretty evenly matched up game tonight, and Michigan State's actually a five-and-a-half-point favorite. but It's up to five-and-a-half? Yeah, okay. and the points per game, points against, field goal, like you could run down all the stats, Michigan State's beating Wisconsin in assists per game and blocks per game pretty handily. Otherwise, it's, it's uh, pretty even. I don't know. We'll see. It should be a good game. I was surprised to see Michigan State... Favored, just based on records. But, you know what? It's early on. Michigan State's played some tough games. See how it goes. I'm wearing green and white today. You, on the other hand, are wearing the blood red Mm -hmm. of the Badger. Yeah, but that's not what's on my shirt. I probably shouldn't discuss what's on my shirt today. No, you shouldn't. Uh, I'd have to walk down the hallway to 1240 WJM. Many are saying it's the greatest shirt (laughs) ever seen. So, listen, though. Wisconsin is battle-tested. Mm-hmm. They've won five in a row, yep. including over the weekend. They really beat the hell out of number three at the time, Marquette, right. 75-64, and it wasn't that close. They were up like 15 at halftime. Also this season, you can count on Wisconsin's resume a near 20-point blowout win of then number 24, Virginia. They played Tennessee and lost only by 10. The same Tennessee team state played in that exhibition here. Mm-hmm. And lost at the very end, too. Wisconsin is good. Yeah. They've got good players. They added that St. John's transfer. I can't remember his name. Oh, gosh. What's his name? Oh, A.J. Store, the guard. He's hmm. 6'7", but he's like a wing. So they they haven't really had wing scoring in a while at Wisconsin, probably since Nigel Hayes. But anyway, Wisconsin is probably going to challenge Michigan State in the front court again. Stephen Crowell is back. He's averaging like 12, 12 points a game. He's a legit seven-footer. Then they, they play him with that Tyler Wall at the same time. He's 6'9". He's averaging 11 points. So, look, um, State's going to have their hands full in the front court. That's going to be the story all year. I haven't seen much change there from last year. But Wisconsin is good. Yep. This is a, a really tough, out-of-the-gate Big Ten game. And I'm not even factoring in that for some reason we're playing this game in the first week of December. This is going to be a big game. Yeah. And Wisconsin's rolling five in a row. Uh, Obviously, you know, Wisconsin ever since Bill Ryan is always really high in those Ken Palm efficiency metrics, offensively and defensively. They're top 25 in both this year. If you're looking for one vulnerability, it's their own three-point shooting so far under 31%. So take that for what it's worth. We know a thing or two about that this year. Yeah. I got to believe states will eventually get going, though, right? I would hope. It's, it's going to – they're going to start falling. Th- these guys are good three-point shooters. They didn't forget. No. Right? Nope. 
State, um, let's see, defensive efficiency, seventh nationally, according to Ken Palm, holding opponents to 27.3% three-point shooting, even though they're not shooting very well themselves. And then Tyson Walker is the show. Yeah. Tied for second in the Big Ten and scoring at 20.5 points per game. By the way, Izzo has never had a player average 20 or more points per game over the bounds of a season. Hmm. I think that's probably because of the system. Mm-hmm. And also guys regularly get benched <laughs> for making one mistake defensively. He does put a lot of bodies in. Yeah. State doesn't have this rotation figured out. I, I'm just saying. It, I feel like I've seen this movie before. I have. You are Captain Doom and Gloom today. No, I'm today. not. No, I'm not. Michigan State's formula is always higher altitude. Can I get you to commit to saying Michigan State wins tonight? No. No. Come on. Absolutely not. Okay. I'll they say should. they're going to win. Okay. I'm going to say they're going to win. They should. I'm going to say they're going to win by three points. Okay. Well, then we both agree we're taking the points that Wisconsin is getting. Four yeah. and a half, you said? Five yeah. and a half. I'll take. Oh, I'll for sure take that. Yeah. 517-300-4263. Out to the phone line. Caller, who is it and where are you calling from? Uh, Kim from Lansing. Hey, man. What's up? What you got for us today? Yeah. Um. Um. Your sidekick right next to you, your <laughs> co-host. Um, he, he has a name. That, um, Call him Dream. Uh, no. <laughs> Dream? Yes. Okay. He said that uh, that Michigan State, did you? Did he know Michigan State is all hasn't won? He's had, what, a 500 record in the Big Ten? He's only won 41 games in the last three years in the Big Ten. Yeah. Hey, he, he's right here. You can talk to him, I, Tim. I, okay, and? <laughs> Go ahead, Tim. That's all I'm saying. He's had double-digit losses. Okay. That's my point. Is like, if you... if you ex- has he, if, he's a, if we're supposed to be an elite program, how come we have double-digit losses? If well, first of all, did, program? did we go deeper than just the game tonight? I don't think so. No. I think we just talked about Wisconsin and Michigan State. You're right. Absolutely. And Beanie pointed this out. Um, a couple weeks ago about the uh, nature of the Michigan State program. You're right. In the last few years, we have we have not performed to the expectations Double of... digit losses. But, you know, I'm not, I'm, all I'm going to say is one more thing is that Izzo spoiled me, okay? Well, yeah. So if Izzo spoiled me, I'm used to that. Go ahead, guys. Yeah. Settle we this. We got it. No, I, I agree with what he's saying. He's right. It, it, we... The, where we are is the last few years is not what we've come to expect because we have been spoiled. We do have one of the greatest coaches ever. I, and I, I will stand by that. I feel like Izzo is up there. He, he knows how to motivate players. He knows how to coach basketball. The guy is a, you know, committed to this program and his players. You, you can, you'd be hard-pressed to find anyone who's more. But he's not so, infallible. He, he, 100%. And I don't think anybody's saying that he... Oh, that's he, not true. Well, this, I don't... Okay, a, lot look, this, a lot of people that call in look, say that. I'm a, I'm a diehard Michigan State fan, but everybody is fallible <laughs> and capable of being... That. Except, except the Pope. But yes, yes. coaches out there are fallible, too. Oh, <laughs> we, do, we know about that. All right, Tim. Anything Thanks else? Thanks for your call. All right. Thanks. Bye. Appreciate it. Wow, you guys keep it a lot more civil than I do when I get into it with people. Well, we, we could look agree to disagree on that. He but wasn't look, far um, off. Th- that's the overall point I was making when we, we did mention this in a glancing way in the first hour today.
sidekick. It's <laughs> okay. We, first, let's address that. What should your actual title be? <laughs> I'm fine with that. Just kidding. You I are. You're my Ed McMahon. I am. Yes. <laughs> you are correct, sir. No, that's not true. That's really. I'm. I'm sorry because that was. Demeaning. I am the I didn't Robin like to that. your Batman. You're the Robin to my Howard. Yep. That's what oh. I think of you as. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> I do. You're my muse, oh. my flame. Oh, thank you. <laughs> but it, okay. Here's my point with this game tonight. Aside from it's going to be a bitch because Wisconsin usually is, and they're good, yes. and they're battle-tested already, including this weekend. They beat the number three team in the country pretty handily. Mm-hmm. You can make a case Marquette's overrated. Fine. Okay. Point is, look, disappointing start to the season, sure, but we're not all that unaccustomed to that because of the nature of who they play. Yep. Four and three so far. They clearly haven't figured out the rotation yet not that they ever really do this early unless like the whole team is back so there's that there's there's some chemical issues Izzo's unhappy with the leadership of some of the older guys AJ Hogard has not figured it out yet and as Izzo said last week some of these freshmen just can't play yet Xavier Booker is probably Mm -hmm. mostly who he's talking about oh Garrick Norman too I suspect you'll see a lot of Jeremy Fears but anyway look Tim's right. We've talked about it a lot. Michigan State has lost 41 games over the last three seasons. That is not up to the par at this program, obviously. Right. And that does not qualify you as a blue blood or even elite or even a good program over that run. It just isn't up to snuff. And if you want to avoid that, if we're going to get If we're going to get to a potential Big Ten regular season title this year, which is I think everyone at least expects to be in the running, you got to win games like this. Because if you start off 0-1 in conference play on December 5th, which is so dumb, but that's out of our hands. We can't control that. But if you start off 0-1, put it to you this way. State loses tonight. Let's just say they lose to Wisconsin tonight. Are you feeling awfully optimistic that they're not going to lose eight or nine or 10 or 11 games in league again this year? Because I'm not. I would say they're right on track to do it again. It'll be very telling. And that's not good enough. That's not good enough for this program in the micro or the macro. And with the talent on this roster and the experience they have playing together, I'm not going to sit here and abide by an eight or nine loss conference season again. This should be a team. Now, should they win the Big Ten regular season title? I don't think so. I don't think they'll, they'll beat Purdue and West Lafayette. I don't think they're Northwestern and just have their number. But I expect State to go what? They play 20 league games? I expect State to win 13 or 14 this year. Yeah, I don't think that's unreasonable. If you lose tonight, that's an even more of an uphill climb. 517-342-63. Jeff in Mason, what's up? Well, a couple of things before I get to the game. The reason that we're in the running for the Oregon State quarterback is the offensive coordinator is one who has heavily recruited him. Mm-hmm. And now that he's here, it's his, the, his system that the quarterback likes. So yeah. that's why I think we're going we're gonna to get him. Well, I mean, it's, it's Smith's system. But you're right. Like, it's all part of the same family. Um, but they still got to make the money work. So I'm going to have to see that to believe it. I've been told that it's going to be there. So let's just uh, – I'm going to wait to I see that till I, and I guess – acknowledge that but what else you want to talk hoops um i do want to talk hoops but first liberty is going to beat oregon mm-hmm. and steve should be called mr vs 
but he's got to call you out more in order to earn that title. That's what I thought he was there for. I, now he's become a little bit of a yes man to you. What? Jeff, 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 did you just hold on a minute? Did you here. just hear the intervening he, he, two minutes? Did you hear what he just did? Yeah, he, he totally uh, had me for a second. Then he hit me with a chair from behind. Yeah, it was a it was a bleep you sandwich with a compliment in the middle. He's still he's he's ha- he should be happy that he's one of my favorite callers, or I'd I'd blast him. But I, I'm happy am, that you're I calling. Told you. My wife, I told <laughs> I told my wife that too. But the first hour you weren't you were a little too agreeable. But um, Michigan State, let's talk about. No, hold on. Maybe. Oh, yep. Maybe <laughs> I'm gonna let you talk hoops. Don't worry, I'll give you all the time in the world. But maybe. We were so agreeable. Maybe Steve was too agreeable with me in the first hour because, novel idea, what if I was right? (laughs) Maybe that's what's going on. Well, let's not push it, Jeff, right? Let's not let his head get too big. No, Jeff, I want you to... Well, what was he um, too agreeable with me on? I'm curious, honestly. A a lot to do with uh, with the uh, four teams in the playoffs and kind of how they got there. Oh, um, well, what, what do you think, Jeff? Yeah, what, I what, mean, go ahead. Post me up. Go ahead. <laughs> First of all, this is all. This has been a problem for years. The next year they solve that because there's going to be 12 teams. Yep. And all you're going to have to do is argue about that 13th team. And I agree. Screwed yep. out of it. So I, I agree, agree. With that too. It, it doesn't really matter. What I agree. And, like, look, they, we see a 68-team field every year in basketball, and we always have to suffer bitching about someone who lost 14 <laughs> games that thought yeah. they deserved And You're right. It'll be no different with thir- with the 13th next year. Uh, go ahead. Whatever else you wanted to get to. Penn State would be in the playoffs this year with their yes. 12 teams. You tell me they have a chance of winning anything, right? Yeah, I, that, mean, I think he, he probably benefits the most from the expanded playoff field. We were talking about this on the last tailgate show in Detroit. Right. A Penn State fan came yep. up and made that point because I said, do you want James Franklin fired? And he said, no, because starting next year, we're probably going to be in the playoff every in. year. And, and he's right. I was like, yeah, but you aren't going to win any games there. <laughs> but they'll get there. And that's, a, that's you know, true. Yeah. Exactly. So the thing that occurs a little bit tonight, I think it'll help us. Other people think it might hurt is Malik Hall may not play because he's right. been real sick. Good point. But I think Cohen Carr and Pierce, this is their night to really to jump out there, take control. They're going to get more minutes because of that. Mm-hmm. And as I said, he's paring down the lineup. He's not going to play as many people. So I think tonight we're going to start seeing a little bit of what Michigan State is all about again. All right, man. Appreciate the call as all usual. Right. You know, what happened over there? <laughs> I was pounding. I'm so angry. <laughs> Jeff got to you. No, he didn't. I uh, Jeff is one of my favorite callers because he always has something intelligent to say, you know, and uh, and he always brings it. I didn't. We didn't hear from him though. Who he thought the 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 four people should have been in the uh, in the playoff uh, football playoff tomorrow? Because, we can we can tackle that. Sure. Anyway. Um, You're shook. I Jeff like, got to you. No, Jeff no. shook you. I know. I, I hate to agree with him because I don't want to be accused of being agreeable. <laughs> but uh, what about the agreeable snowman? No. Um, What's that from? So it's from the. Come on. I don't know. You kids and your. What's it from? It's from that. Uh, the abominable snowman. It's from the Rudolph the oh, Red Nose Reindeer. Yes. You know, I just watched that again last year and I don't remember that. Oh, for crying out Anyway, sorry. Anyway. Continue. So. Um, I agree. Yeah. So. <laughs> so. <laughs> but what he said about uh, fears and uh, car, yeah, I I agree, man. Let those guys loose, let them loose, see what happens. I think Cohen Carr is is gonna have some growing pains tonight against a very savvy forward in Tyler Wall. But then I think Tyler Wall on the other end of the court is gonna struggle containing him. Yeah, yeah. 
That's a wash. Do you remember when Wisconsin, when Michigan State was really up until a few years ago when we started losing more than we really wanted to? That's how I'll put it. Wisconsin was always one of those games on the schedule that would drive me nuts because the scores were always much lower. Mm-hmm. They always play real good defense. So I, I don't uh, I don't know what they're what they're going to bring to the table tonight, but well, they're good. They are good. Again, though, side by side, comparatively speaking, and Michigan State's played, I think, a tougher schedule. Well, look, I don't know. It's not like Wisconsin hasn't played anybody. No, they played Marquette. Okay, Michigan State played Arizona and Duke. Right, but look, Wisconsin played Tennessee when they were top 10. They beat a top 25 Virginia team pretty handily, and then they beat the number three team last week. So, I don't know. It's probably pretty close, and here's the big difference. Wisconsin's beaten two of those ranked teams. State hasn't. No. State's lost to all of them. So... They're battle-tested, at least early. They're a good team. How will it shake out against State? You know, I, I don't know. I feel like I feel like since Bo Ryan has left, State has kind of turned the tide in this thing. Let me look at that up. So, yeah, let's see. Since, when are we picking? Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. State had won eight in a row until the COVID year. Lost two there, so it would be... State's eight and two, and then nine and two, nine and three, ten. State's won eleven of fourteen, including the only matchup last year. Yeah, I'll be interested to see how it shakes out. You know, this is an opportunity to turn the page and start to feel good. And then what do you know? You play Penn State on Sunday, and then we're back to non-conference for a month. This makes no freaking sense. It's so stupid. It's so stupid. (laughs) <laughs> you're just like oh well, you went from agreeing with me and now howdy. you're just echoing now me I'm try- now i'm trying to be a heel you do not throw rocks at a man holding a machine gun if you will <laughs> back after these words on the streets and in the stadiums here's where you can catch the game 7 30 a.m Next. Hey, it's Beanie. Join me at Alumni Hall in Eastwood Town Center Thursday from 4 to 6 for a live broadcast of Offensive Minded. Come out for swag, giveaways, and hard-hitting sports talk. Stay for the ultimate Spartan shopping experience. After the show, get photos and autographs from MSU football players Jordan Hall, Jacoby Winman, and Montori Foster. Get your holiday shopping done, too, with a 20% discount all night at Alumni Hall near the Apple Store in Eastwood Town Center. It's Offensive Minded with me, Beanie, live from 4 to 6 Thursday. With offensive mind. Honest to God, I could listen to that forever. You know, from his lips to God's ears. Inject that right into my veins. On the game, 7.30 a.m. Oh, yeah. That is how I felt listening to that, because he's right. Beanie Howe with offensive mind. First Christmas bumper we've played this year, Steve. I love it. As is tradition, it has to be Tom Petty Christmas all over. Rest in peace. And we were talking to the break. You never saw him live, right? No. I saw him once. I think it was his last Michigan performance ever. It was at uh, Pine Knob. Mm -hmm. It was still DTE back then. Corporate bastards. Yeah, I hated that. But, yeah. Man. Like two months before he died. Mm Mm-hmm. One of the greatest shows I've ever been to. Now, look, I love Tom Petty, but I'm he's not like one of my top ones, I guess. I mm. really do like all of his stuff, solo and otherwise. But right. 
that was the first concert I've ever been to and remains the first, the only conference, conference, conference. I'm in college football bitching mode, <laughs> concert I've ever been to where everyone around me, and I'm not exaggerating, knew every word to every oh, song. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And what they a were dedicated group. Probably at least 50-50 high AF. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There was a very herbal scent in the air. I'm sure there was. And this was before it was recreationally <laughs> legal. Not that that matters. Uh, nope. He was great, dude. They sounded so good. Mm-hmm. They were all, they were moving fine. And now we know he accidentally overdosed on painkiller because his hip was yeah. bothering him so bad f- from that tour. So sad. He had a great... His crowd banner was so good. I forget what song it was leading into, but they you know finished one song and he stops it. This next song is a request. I requested it. <laughs> he was he is honestly fun fact, the artist that I most wish I could have seen and I and I regret the most not. And that that includes Bowie and that includes mm. Prince, Chris Cornell, but Tom Petty he's like for somebody my age is like my entire childhood listening to him and even right up till he passed away he was releasing albums. So I mean, yeah. guys just Timeless. Always on the radio. And his, Always had a hit. Yeah. I mean, uh, honestly. And a great one to sing along with self-indulgently in the car. Because you can do a great... Any, yeah. any Anybody can do a great impression of Tom Petty singing. Yeah. It's know. like Bob Dylan, but a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's something I wish I had seen, the Dylan Petty tour. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it was... You would have needed a translator, yeah, probably. but still, like, the... Seeing them both perform at the same time, or like traveling Wilburys, like that would have been awesome too. Did they ever tour? Oh yeah, and a couple of years ago, my daughter, who was thirteen now, she was eleven at the time, said to me when we heard a Bob Dylan song on the radio, she's like, "Dad, who's this person trying to sound like Tom Petty?" I was like, <laughs> "That was awesome. <laughs> that was great." Bob Dylan was one of the first big musical influences I had. Mm-hmm. Just, Just like n- it was not the a singer, right? It was the potency of what he was singing about oh absolutely and i remember heard that story about when the beatles were in their like india phase when they met bob dylan for the first time and they were like awestruck Mm -hmm. and they wanted his like critique and advice and he said well you guys got a killer sound but you're not really singing about anything (laughs) and like that really changed things for him yeah do you believe that eh I don't know. A lot of lot of rock and roll history from that time is probably a little skewed in several directions. Yeah, I don't think they were the most reliable of narrators then, especially in their India face. The Beatles were so high, to quote the late, great Bill Hicks, that they even let Ringo sing a few songs. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't heard that. That's good. That's good. You know, um, Dr. J's mom loves Ringo. Well, she loves all the Beatles. She's I think a, Paul's her favorite. Yeah, but big Sir Paul fan. They love Ringo in that house. Yeah. I feel like most Beatle fans hate Ringo. His stuff at least. I don't think they Peace hate Peace and love. He's just not the one that you get that you hear as somebody's absolute favorite. No, he's the kid who Mom, Dad, look what I made. And it's an abomination, and you put it on the side of the fridge, <laughs> not the the door on the side. <laughs> that being said, he's a fine musician. Yellow Submarine was Peace his, and love. wasn't it? Peace and love. Yes. And uh um Oct- uh, Octopus Garden, I think. How bad does Pete Best feel? That could have been him. One of the sweetest jobs ever. Yeah, no kidding. Just riding them coattails. Nope. Bye-bye. You know who is one of my favorite bands, and this is relevant. 
I know you know. Yeah, I know. You can say, yeah. Yeah, kiss. And they uh, just totally for real, for serious this time, mm-hmm. finished their last ever tour. Wink, wink. The last two shows of the end of the road tour were in Madison Square Garden this weekend. Mm-hmm. I was telling you, a friend of mine went to the show, Blue Meanie. He was there? Yeah. In the, the garden yeah. ones? Yeah. Oh. Lumini went. Oh, no, I'm sorry. They went to Philly. They were in Philly. Okay. Yeah. That was right before, I think, last yeah. week. Yeah. Well, um, I wanted to go, but, you know, just a logistical nightmare and prohibitively expensive. And I've seen them on this tour three times already. <laughs> the set list this barely tour? changed. Yeah. This 10-year ten, well, ten tour? Yeah, it started before the pandemic. It started Jeez. in 2019. <laughs> I saw them three times. I saw them... I saw him in, uh, what's the DT in Indianapolis slash Noblesville called? It used to be called Deer Run. Oh, it's man. It's some bank or mortgage place now. They're all bank or mortgage named places. Saw him there. I saw him at LCA, and then I saw him at Pine Knob. Mm-hmm. The, the show was supposed to be in the summer, but was rescheduled for like the middle of October 2021. Wow. It was awesome. Yeah. So cold and miserable. It was awesome. <laughs> But anyway, um, I wondered what the story will be with Kiss afterward because Kiss is not a band. It's a brand. Yeah, for sure. And, and as, who was it? Dave Grohl said, nobody out merches Kiss. Nope. <laughs> so you know it's not over. They'll probably do a Vegas residency. They've done that before. They're just not going to do like tours like this anymore. Mm-hmm. But I was wondering if they would make some announcement they apparently were trying to negotiate with Ace Frehley and Peter Chris to join them in the last show, but those guys are not cool with being on stage with the dudes who replaced them at oh. the same time. I wondered what it would be, and then I got an email. So the, the penultimate show was Friday night at, at the, the Garden, and then the final one was the very next night at the Garden. Friday after that show at like 12.01 a.m., I got a marketing email because full admission, I'm a KISS nerd. I'm in the KISS Army. Mm-hmm got a marketing email that said the end is just the beginning and i'm like here we go mm-hmm. here's an announcement of whatever's next yeah and i opened the email and it just said army comma the end is just the beginning that was it there were no links or anything i'm like oh well maybe this will be interesting so it was kind of hinted stick around after the final com- uh, concert conference again mm-hmm that's what they're becoming because everyone's so old at these concerts. <laughs> but stick around for like an announcement. They said that pre-show Saturday. Stick around after the show for an announcement about Kiss's future. Mm. By the way, they sold pay-per-views to watch the show for like fifty dollars. Jeez, I didn't do that. I figured I could just find out on mm-hmm. Twitter. Here's the announcement. They uh, wrap up. They come out and do encore. I think they, they always end with rock and roll all night. That's the last encore. Confetti comes down. Gene and Paul go like flying over the crowd. <laughs> you must have huge insurance policy to yeah. put septuagenarians up in the air like wow. that. Uh, blow a bunch of stuff up. Song ends and everyone goes crazy and the confetti and balloons and they leave. So they left, but then the lights went out. And then a light like hit the stage and all four of them were there except... And I'm not making this up. They were holograms. Yep. So Mm. now you can go watch the marketing video. Kiss going forward is going to have a AI hologram version. Just like it's made by the same people that have made the incredibly 
successful ABBA hologram and Michael Jackson one. The mm-hmm. ABBA one, I guess, is just permanently, you know, showing in London. I okay. guess it's it, it draws, I read it draws like $7 million per week in revenue. What? Yeah. <laughs> so that's what they're going to do with Kiss. Well, no but, wonder Gene's ears got burnt. Uh-huh. Mm? Yeah. Mm? <laughs> I have a feeling they're going to make money after they oh, pass yeah. away. Absolutely. <laughs> Gene and Paul are both supposedly worth upward of $300 million each Jeez. off of this. They sell everything. Mm-hmm. You were saying when you, a kid, when you were a kid, you had like the Kiss comics. Comic books. I think I even had an figure or something. Yeah. Lunchbox. Dude, they sell a casket. Yeah, a casket. You can buy a Kiss casket. And Gene Simmons went on Stern once, you know, marketing it. Mm-hmm. We have many members of the Kiss Army who want to be immortalized in the Kiss casket. And he was also pitching the Kiss credit card. Oh. Check it all out. Kissonline.com. <laughs> Those will be his last words. Yeah. Shameless. <laughs> yep. Just shameless plugging. <laughs> Those guys, look, they figured it out a long time ago, didn't they? They sure did. It's the name of the game. Can't play a lick, but they can sure perform. Yep. You don't, go, look, you don't listen or go to Kiss for some musicianship yeah for <laughs> some sort of uh, maestro performance no. you go for pyro mm-hmm. deafening metal yeah and to see gene spit blood yeah <laughs> and stuff like that and to see a bunch of burnouts yeah baby check. boomer check. burnouts check yeah <laughs> okay. well look we always wasted a whole segment on that <laughs> the kiss army Whoops. what should we wrap with there were st- there are things we didn't get to today Unless you want to bleed over into a total BS Wednesday. <laughs> we, can, we can certainly uh, rack some of that up tomorrow. Um, we wanted to talk about the Tigers extending... Yeah, uh, A.J. Hinch. Mm-hmm. And we don't know for how long or for how much. Don't have any details. What do you well, think about that? Are you a fan? I'm, I'm pretty... I don't mind A.J. Hinch. I know some people hate him. Brock hates him. Brock thinks he's way too... Um, hair triggered with the pitching staff. He is, he's, he's newer age and like yanking pitchers early and going to the bullpen often. That doesn't bother me so much. It's just kind of way baseball is now. Yeah. My reaction to this, I, you know, I heard it just like everyone else that saw the news. The Tigers have announced they've agreed to a long-term extension with manager A.J. Hinch. And I'm thinking, okay, cool. Can we sign a player? <laughs> Maybe a, a bat? That'd be nice. Kenta Maeda. Yeah, okay, right. Sorry. Can we sign another player? <laughs> I'm not worried about pitching. I know Erod's gone. Whatever. Who cares? They've got a stud left-handed pitcher already. His name is Tarek Skubel. Mm-hmm. I'm not worried about pitching. I just want to see, can they get another everyday MLB bat in the middle of the lineup? Doesn't have to be a 300 hitter. I'd settle for 270. Just get a guy who can hit 270 and maybe crank out 15, 20 homers and like 70, 80 RBI. Put that in the middle of the lineup with the kids. I think they got a shot to win the AL Central this year. Not because they're good, but because somebody has to win it. Mm -hmm. It's the worst division in all of North American professional sports. It's, It's okay. Look, they were in the mix until August last year with all their problems. Yep. So... I don't mind A.J. Hinch. Fine. He's here. Cool. I'm good with it. But I would like to get a headline or hear a sports update where the Tigers have signed a baseball player, not a manager. 
I feel like they they get like one more like legitimate MLB bat, and I'm not talking about you know some 50 home run guy or some 300 hitter. No, just like 270 because that'll be the kiss of death. <laughs> so he comes here, yeah. <laughs> no, just get like a you know solid, reliable veteran put in the middle of that lineup, and I feel good about the odds. Obviously, you're stuck with Javi Baez. We just got to deal with it. It sucks, but that's where we are. It's amazing to me. All my friends that are Cub fans were like, yep, have fun with that. Mine too. You know, I grew up down there. A lot of people I know are Cubs fans, and when the Tigers signed him, they were like thanking me. Yeah. I'm like, well, what do you mean? <laughs> I Look, I always knew he was a streaky player just you know, anecdotally, I didn't know it was this bad. Yeah. And there haven't been nearly enough of the positive streaks with Javi in a uh, Tigers uniform. But you're just kind of stuck with it now. Yeah, It's uh, Al Avila's parting gift. He's got four years and like $100 million left on that deal. People were talking, well, he might opt out. Really? Mm. Really? Yeah, and Elon Musk might donate all of his assets to end world hunger. Right. <laughs> I won't hold my breath. I don't know. I just... I think they should contend to win the AL Central this year. I agree. There I, I go again. I just, Agreeing with yeah, you. Yeah, my yes man over Jeez, here. Jeez, oh, Pete's. It's an echo chamber. Man. But in all seriousness, I don't think it takes all that much to do. It is a horrible, horrible division. <laughs> Can you believe how bad it is? But, but you got you to gotta start somewhere. Look at Wrexham. They started at the bottom, and now they're here. Nobody knows what you're talking about. Nobody listening. Welcome to Wrexham. Great show. Don't really care about soccer too much, but I do like Ted Lasso, and welcome to Wrexham. Whatever small portion of the audience survived <laughs> me talking about Kiss left <laughs> right then when you started talking about European They've soccer. They've seen Ted Lasso. Come on. It's not By the way, soccer. I thought for a while Michigan State should try that. Hire like a coach. Hire a soccer a, coach. Yeah. Their soccer coach is great. Switch him over to football. American football. Yeah. Man, I cannot believe how psycho they are over there about that. Because mm. my sister lives in London, married a British man, and he took us out to a pub for one of the matches. <laughs> On and, the pitch. Dude, it was like a rave. People go crazy. Deafening. Mm -hmm. No room to sit. Everyone's standing. And then the songs. They sing songs nonstop. Mm -hmm. It's like Little League softball. <laughs> They sing songs. Like, we do chants yeah. in the crowd. They sing. Yeah. And they're really weird. So I remember <laughs> the first song they started singing when I was in there, my brother-in-law started. Oh. Because, like, there was a break between songs. So he just started, and he just, he reared back and went, 49, <laughs> 49 times, 49. And I was like, what? I said to my, my sister, Chelsea, what is he saying? And she said, oh, he's singing the 49 song. As, what? It sounds like a Monty Python bit. <laughs> well, <laughs> when in Rome. Um, I said, 49 songs? She's like, yeah, it's a whole thing. You'll have to ask him. I don't know. So when we got out of there and I could actually like hear myself think, I was like, what was that 49 song? And what were the words? He's like, oh, basically, we just say 49 over and over again singing. But why 49? Oh, back in the early 2000s, they're Arsenal fans. And Arsenal was like great then. Uh -huh. He said, we had a 49-game unbeaten streak. I don't know why I'm doing Australian accent, because he's British. It's easy to, it's yeah. easy to go in I'm and out. I'm going in and out. Yeah. yeah. Like my hearing in that place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 49! <laughs> 49 times! <laughs> Jeez. Man, I thought some of the fight songs in college football were bad, 
And then I heard that 49 song. Especially the ones that are ripoffs of an earlier song. Oh, just, oh, oh, perhaps one that was copyrighted <laughs> one year earlier. <laughs> hey, you know, they've been cheating since the beginning. Yeah, man. well, there you go. At least they're consistent. Yep. That's the Michigan difference. That comes to an end. Like the show. Wow, what a segue. Absolutely. Look, not only my yes man, but you're lobbing me these, these softballs right down the middle. It's man. what I do. All right, well. We'll see how hoops goes tonight. You're you're confident? Yep. I hope you're right. I hope you are. Spartans by they three. Sh- they should. Okay. I'd be happy with that. Huh? Beat a ranked team at home to start off the conference slate. Yeah, I'll take it. Thanks. Take that, Tim. Oh, Tim. From- <laughs> hey, you guys settle down. <laughs> settle down. If you will. If you will. Back tomorrow, four to six. Thanks for being here, Dream. My you, pleasure. You can do it again tomorrow if you'd like. Yes, sir. All right. See you then. Till then. Peace. Be safe and be good. Get your Detroit Lions pregame fix all season with nachos and kneecaps. The Lansing area's very own local Detroit Lions tailgate show. Presented by Momentum Health Center in Mason. Join yours truly, Beanie, from Offensive Minded on the game 7.30 a.m. And Brock Palmbush every week about two hours before kickoff. We cover all the Lions angles, player availability, matchups, outrageous Dan Campbell in-game decisions and audio, local ski mask tales, and everything else. Nachos and kneecaps presented by Momentum Health Center in Mason is also brought to you by Miller Lite. On Classic Rock 94.9 MMQ and the game 730